Welcome and thank you for joining us on The Breakthrough Factor, a podcast and YouTube show where your host, Jess Boss, interviews entrepreneurs, athletes, and financial professionals to find out what it takes to break through barriers to health, wealth, and taking ownership of your life. If you're feeling stuck in your career or seeking advice on how to overcome obstacles all the way to building your fitness and finances, this is a show for you. I know when we talked before, like you shared, there are a lot of things happening in that moment to kind of defeat you and deflate you and like press you down into this kind of moment of despair. Uh, right? That's really what it was. Yeah. Because, yeah. because, yeah. So, like, I had so started the business basically in August and I had three months of personal expenses saved and one of those months got burned while I was waiting for the business to launch. So I had two months at the time. And then I also realized that that was a problem. So then I started doing DoorDash. And then after like two months of doing that, then my car got stolen. And that was literally my only income source at the time, other than the few financial planning clients. And that was a week before Thanksgiving. And I mean, I missed family Thanksgiving because I couldn't leave because I didn't have a car and I couldn't afford to buy a car. And I, I really had absolutely no clue what I was going to do. I felt just completely helpless. Like I remember, um, it was, I think it was like a Tuesday morning or something. I went out, took my dog outside at like 6am and I looked across the parking lot at my spot and my car wasn't there. And I thought like, maybe I had just like accidentally parked in the wrong spot the night before or just something. Maybe I got towed. And when I realized none of that was the case, I came back inside, called my dad at like six 15 in the morning. Like he's probably getting ready for work. And I was just bawling my eyes. I was like this, like there was just absolutely no option in my mind of what I could do because DoorDash was the only source of income. And Luckily, like a week and a half later, the car was found. Like that was a whole miraculous story in itself. Um, but luckily I had just enough emergency savings to be able to get it like up and running and functioning again and be able to do DoorDash for like another month. And then that's when um, I got the freelance writing role with Seven Group. And that that was kind of like the turning point of really everything because that led me into like finding my new niche and everything like that. And everything just kind of evolved with that one like little like breakthrough opportunity. Yeah. That is, it's also interesting to me too. There's this moment of I'm struggling so much and yet there's this opportunity with seven group that comes up. Like, do I, do I tell them how much (laughs) I need this? I want this. How do I, you know, I've had those moments where it's just like this personal crisis of putting myself out there in such a positive way, because I want to move forward. I want to be on the other side of this, but personally, like I am struggling. And so that, that whole time period, it was, God, Yeah. And it was like so hard mentally, even on the business side, because I mean, I was questioning myself of like, how can I give advice to other people if I'm like struggling with my own? Like, I, I mean, I basically put myself in that situation and 
I kind of knew exactly what I was doing, like with the cash flow and money management, it was just tough to do. Um, but then like a week before I saw that, um, the, the freelance role from seven group, it was just a tweet and I was going to, or I had applied to FedEx to work like their early morning shift so I could still be available during the day and still do business development and all that sort of stuff. I was going to just like pack boxes on a truck from like, I think it was like a two to seven shift or something. And and was just going to do that to fund myself until the business was sustainable enough. And thank God I didn't have to do that um, because the freelance role was absolutely perfect. Cause like you said, it was in line with what I was doing and um, I'm working with an amazing editor for everything. So I was like one getting paid to become a better writer. And I was learning about things that I didn't know about before I was like writing around more retiree stuff. So like trust and social security and just all that sort of stuff that I didn't really have knowledge around. And I'm a believer that writing about something is the best way to learn about it because if you can't like form sentences around it, like make your case around it, you don't understand it. And I needed to understand it to be able to get paid. And it was just like basically forced learning that I was getting paid for. So it was like, I don't think anything better could have happened at that time than that role coming up. Yeah, And I mean, looking back, obviously, like it was meant to happen because you know, we're going to fast forward into the story here in a minute. And I mean, obviously, this is <clears throat> this is where you are making an impact in the world. Um, there's a quote that I wrote down that I love so much. Uh, and it it goes feeling lost, crazy and desperate belongs just as much to the good life as optimism, certainty, and reason. And it's just that we were talking about, I was talking about the other day, like to me, having two hands is such a great symbol, like symbolic way of understanding that we can hold two very opposing things at the same time and understand that it belongs to the same person. Like I can hold something hot in one hand and something cold in the other hand. And they're mm-hmm. both correct. I'm, I'm holding something hot and I'm holding something cold. And both of those things are happening by me, but they're two completely opposite things. And I mean, just that these moments that almost that moment right before the breakthrough, when you look back at it, it's like, oh, we're holding two very different things in our hands and just trying to manage the tension of all of that mm-hmm. to get. Yeah. Through. I mean, cause especially at the time, cause you can't see like anything that's going to happen going forward. So it was like, yeah, at that time was- I felt like I had absolutely nothing. Like my cars, it's, it's still not completely fixed yet. Like there's still dents all over it. They ran into a pole in a tree. It was, in- they stole the back seat out of it. Oh it, it was insane. And then I took the freelance role and I just didn't know what was really going to happen after that. Like mm-hmm. I felt good that like I could now easily pay my bills with everything and I enjoyed the writing and I'm still doing it. Um, but I didn't know. I was like, am I just going to become a writer and am I going to just shut down the firm? Am I like, I just didn't know what the future was going to yeah. hold, but all I knew was just like, keep showing up and keep doing it. And you can't really fail. Like, as long as you're still paying the bills and things are still running, like you haven't failed yet. And that was really just like the mindset through the whole thing was if you, if you don't stop, you're not done yet. I love that. That's a, that's a perfect way of approaching just 
Just don't stop. <laughs> you don't have to know the whole picture. Just don't stop. Um, yeah, just keep going in what you think is the right direction, and hopefully the the right path shows itself. And luckily, it, it did. Yeah, did after a while. Yeah, because from that point forward, I mean, you fell in love. You said you already had a passion for writing, and you're already doing quite a bit of it. But now you're able to direct it into <clears throat> a career and find mm. a place where that could land. And that for you still was a freelance position, right? So you didn't, um, like you still maintained some autonomy. And at this point now you have a couple of different sources of income, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And yeah, it was, it, it, it was the perfect thing at the time because it let me learn about things that I wasn't doing. It was supplying the income and it led me into, um, finding the new niche of working with like creators and freelancers because because this is their life right I, like exactly yeah. yeah and i didn't even really know that like the freelance community or anything like that existed before becoming a freelancer and at the time i was still like kind of going towards the recent graduate young professional niche but i wasn't going too heavy on the marketing because i knew that it wasn't it wasn't the right model but i didn't know what the right model was going to be. So I needed to like just maintain it a little bit enough until I figured something out. And then <clears throat> with the freelancing, I found out that there's a lot of planning opportunities around freelancers who actually like do it full time and everything because they're basically a small business at that mm -hmm. point. And they definitely didn't start freelancing to manage money and <laughs> be a small business owner and all that sort of stuff. And the skills don't I figured come out automatically. <laughs> no, not at all. And they, I mean, what I found out was that, um, like most freelancers get into freelancing because of some sort of passion around either time freedom or whatever craft that they're working on. And that just like really aligned with, um, like what I wanted to be doing because I, one of the reasons I started the business was to, for the autonomy and the time freedom. And I, and miscalculating the time freedom right now. Um, <clears throat> but then I, I realized that there was an opportunity there. I didn't know exactly what it was going to look like yet. Um, because I was still like, just kind of focused on the freelance writing because that was the thing that was paying my bills yeah. and, um, was still creating content, writing my newsletter, doing all that stuff for the business itself. Um, and then it was probably, I think it was like June, um, so about a year after launching, um, I was about to the point of it feels like a, it, it feels like a overnight success when you just <clears throat> look at the last, I don't know, maybe six to six to nine months. Like if you, mm. if you erased all of the past leading up to that and just looked at six to nine months, it's like Trayton was not on the scene. And then it's like Trayton is everywhere. <laughs> um, do you feel like it was overnight for you? Um, I mean, you had uh, a lot of work to get there. So Yeah, it definitely, it feels as far away from overnight <laughs> success as you could get. Yeah. And especially, I mean, especially because like, I definitely don't even feel relatively close to successful yet. Mm -hmm. um, but then like, just everything with that, because, and it's funny you say that because 
like there was um, one YouTube creator, Sarah Dietschy. Um, she had been creating on YouTube for like four or five years or something and wasn't getting like a whole lot of traction with her content. But then one person, Casey Neistat, shouted her out in a video and then she got like 100,000 subscribers overnight. So she looked like an overnight success, but it was because she had put in all the work and put out all this content for years that when someone found her and just like there was more attention around her, mm-hmm. all of her prior work was paying off because she had already put in the work. Um, yeah, the proof was there so like when they came to find her. Exactly. Yeah. So like all the writing I was doing that wasn't converting people into clients and all the like design work and content creation and all that sort of stuff I was doing because I wanted to do it and because I needed to do it to try and grow the firm and like even web design like I taught myself web design because I definitely couldn't afford to pay a web designer any sort of stuff like that like everything I was doing was just kind of like basically just like building the skill set for like when something felt right or when something like kind of took off that I had what I needed to just embrace it and run with whatever opportunity came up. Um, so it's definitely, definitely didn't feel like overnight. What's it felt like 20 years. It was <laughs> painful. <laughs> uh, but it- and then especially with like lockdown and everything, like I've been sitting there, this is the corner of my bedroom and I've been working here for two years and that's also just been very challenging, just like working alone, not really not being in an office setting whatsoever, not having coworkers, anything with starting a business and like trying to like keep that vision and like self-confidence when things aren't going according to plan whatsoever and not doubting yourself and not quitting was like by far the hardest thing, like convincing myself that I'm actually doing the right things and that it's going to play out like, I, if I, if someone told me right now, like what the next like year and a half would look like of starting the business, I don't think I would start it. No way. Like I was just like, had enough blind confidence going in that I was like, I think I can do this, that it eventually just worked and whatever happened to make it work was just what I was going to do at the time. But looking back, like that was, that was painful. Yeah. I I think it's important to have that confidence in, in order to make something a new, like a venture business work. And, Mm -hmm. but in addition to that, it's not just the confidence at the outset, it's the ability to persist through those moments that if you're missing Mm -hmm. that, then you might have a lot of startups, but not a whole lot of execution, you know, for the long run, which for you and, you know, it was, it was all there. So it was a startup, maybe a rough startup, but the persistence through all that is what has ultimately led you to this moment where, uh, and, and I, I get it. I can, I can relate on the whole. I don't feel like a success yet. Uh, but at the same time, if you just look at the activities of your day-to-day <clears throat> life and the things that you have the privilege of doing, like there's a lot of success inside those moments. Yeah. And I, and I think that plays back into like the, like just the bigger vision of everything, because like, I know what's in the plan and like kind of what I want to accomplish and just knowing that I'm still like really like at the starting point or like the starting line of all that stuff is, I mean, definitely like one of the reasons I have that perspective, but 
just with everything, like I still think it all goes back to that door to door sales job of just like one learning problem solving. Like if, if you can't solve problems, you're not going to succeed in business whatsoever. Like that's yeah. 90% of the yeah. game in my opinion. And then just like understanding that it is very hard. And if you put in the hours and put in the work, like you're going to learn the skills necessary. Like it might take some time, but I mean, like I went in not knowing any single thing about sales whatsoever. I'd never knocked on anyone's door and then finished the summer as like one of the top five rookies in the office because I just put in the work. Like I, I knocked the doors, I did the trainings, I did all that sort of stuff. So I was like, it was harder starting the business because all the stuff that I was doing was also my own thoughts. So I had to be like confident enough that I was doing the right things and then confident enough to keep doing them. Um, So it was like challenging, but like prior experiences also definitely helped like put it in perspective and like make it manageable somewhat. Such a good point. Yeah. That prior experience piece. Okay. So closing question um, is, you know, this podcast is obviously about, those breakthrough moments and the, what is it about the character of someone that helps them or facilitates that, that breakthrough. So I'm curious um, if you had any go-tos, like, was there anything that was just like, this is how I'm going to cope with this moment, knowing that I'm going to continue moving forward. Like, how do I just deal with the emotions and the stress of this moment to be able to keep just trucking forward? Um, yeah, I wish I had a better answer because, and it's definitely not the healthy answer was just like work harder and work more. Like that was a lot of it. And I mean, I guess kind of like the one thing I did was just like, honestly, just take walks and go outside with my dog. Like that was really all I did to like de-stress or just kind of like calm down or just like take a break from things was just like going for walks. And like now you were hashtag, now you my were favorite hashtag thing. get outside before it was cool. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Shout out to Caitlin. Oh. And um, now, I mean like the thing, if I had the income to do it would definitely be travel because that's actually what I just kind of like came that's back from was like a mental health break, like just taking a step back from everything and went to New York for five days and that that's been by far the most effective thing for me because um one it's just like nice to get out of my little neighborhood in Kansas City and just like out of my apartment and just like see different things and it just like really helps put everything into perspective because I just get my own little bubble of like when I'm creating personal finance content I eventually just like convince myself that this is stupid like everyone knows this this content on the internet <laughs> yep. like you can find yep. it anywhere everyone already knows this why would I say it um but then you like get out there and it's like yeah it's n- nobody still knows a lot of this stuff and then um and sometimes even when you've I, told them before they still don't know <laughs> exactly exactly yeah it's it's a lot of just like convincing yourself of like yeah yes, this is still the right thing to be doing. But then um, back in October, I went to New York for the first time. And at that point, I was like, kind of at a creative block, like I didn't really feel good about a lot of the things I was doing, like just wasn't in the best like mental place. And I it was it was three days. And 
I wasn't working or doing anything while I was there. And when I came back, I had this idea um, for writing a blog around just like how the world's going to adopt crypto um, because I was going there for the Bitcoin conference and I got my certified digital asset advisor um, designation earlier that year or earlier last year. And just like not focusing on business or anything like that for a couple of days, just like let, I guess, kind of like let my creative mind run for a while. And I came up with all these ideas. And as soon as I got home, um, I took out, I was just sitting on my couch, took out a yellow notepad and just like started writing this blog. Like I didn't even want to type it. I just had like so many ideas that they needed to just like be pieced all over the piece of paper and just sat there and wrote for like two hours straight. And then I realized like there was a lot of context that needed to be created around what I was trying to explain because I was like going like way higher level. Like this is like just the world of digital assets, this stuff, this is what the future is probably going to look like if this continues on. And then I realized like a lot of people just aren't going to understand that unless they're already like deep into the space. (laughs) Yeah. There was, there was absolutely nothing I had like no content to like bridge that gap whatsoever. Um, So that was like the start of the crypto guide, which is something I created. I released it in, I think it was just last month, actually. Yes. Um, And we will put that in the show notes. I, I, that is one of the most impressive pieces of work around crypto that I have seen. So I appreciate um, that. Yeah, that was a lot of work and it was just, it was fueled from just taking like a little creative break and letting my creative juices just kind of like flow around my head for a while without exerting them somewhere else and came back and then just started writing that and spent like three months putting it all together and writing it and came out with a good piece of content from it. It's crazy. Sure. Yeah. You sound like me. So if I'm, if I need to disconnect, I have to physically leave my workspace. Like I cannot be in a work environment and not be working. Um, yeah, I'll just like click around and find things to yeah. do, even if I don't think I have anything to do. And I know I have other things I should be doing. Like it's, it's exactly. awful. Yeah. But, um, but it's simple. I think, you know, we're definitely not going to discount the fact that those walks and those mental breaks have gave you that step back opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, um, so uh, I, I absolutely think that's something that can be helpful during those periods of times, just disconnect. And if you can't disconnect in your office, leave the office. If you can't disconnect in your house, leave your house. If you can't disconnect in your town, leave your town. Like you have to find a way to disconnect and allow what's going on to settle a bit. Uh, and mm-hmm. before you can find the perspective you need to move forward. Yeah. Cause it wasn't like anything like really groundbreaking. Yeah. It was like just as simple as going outside. Cause I mean, like when I started, the business, like I just really stopped giving like care towards like personal care. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't really, I quit working out, whatever. And this is not the right podcast to say this on. (laughs) Um, This is not your current situation, right, Drayton? It's, it's getting (laughs) better. (laughs) Getting better. (laughs) Um, 
Because, I mean, like, I was huge into working out before, like, grew up playing sports. My Yeah. Well, I um, I feel like we could continue on, but I don't know if anybody wants to continue past an hour of listening to this <laughs> chat. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to follow up with another another time to talk about how things are going down the road now that it feels like you've found your lane and things are coming together in a creative in, in the creative space for you. So I'm super excited. Thank you for being here. Yeah, on the maybe because you, of course, and you did a podcast with Thomas before, right? Like maybe we'll have to do like a group oh, one at like awesome. a year of Wall Street or something. Yeah. Just like I'm recap all that, that stuff. That'd be cool. <laughs> year of Wall Street. When is the uh, one year coming up for Wall Street? Uh, September 1st. Still got a while. Well, send me your calendar Which link. It'll I'll probably be here sooner than we expect. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, well, thank you so much for agreeing to be with with me here today. This has been great. Of course. No, yeah. I appreciate you having me on. This was awesome. And I hope my story can help some aspiring financial planners come into the profession and maybe help some experienced financial planners maybe find their niche or just think about a different way to approach the business. Yeah, I, I feel sure of that. Um, so I will close this out with just sharing a little bit more about how you can get in touch with Trayton. Uh, every week Trayton's out there uncovering the business money and strategy behind the creator economy. So one way to keep up with him is to sign up for the delivery of his newsletter on Saturday mornings. Uh, you'll get management tips and growth strategies, creator breakdowns, Q and a, there's all the things that he's out there looking for, for you and curating into a single source of information. You can sign up for that at www.creatorbread.com. If you want to connect with him uh, directly, you can jump onto his link, which is on the All Street webpage, right on there on that homepage. Scroll down, you'll find his link to be able to schedule some time right on his calendar. The link for his website is www.allstreetwealth.com right? Or All Street Wealth Planning? Uh, All Street Wealth. Wealth. Okay. The link for that calendar is www.allstreetwealth.com. And if you want to connect with him directly, I found him to be pretty interactive on Twitter, depending on, um, and this is just a personal reflection on me, depending on whether or not I'm uh, able to show up on Twitter that day. But I know his his accounts, he's very active on there. He's at Trayton Writes on there. And then he also has a personal blog where a lot of his content lives, and that is www.traytondevore.com. So if you can't find Trayton, that is on you, okay? <laughs> and, and it's a unique name. Like if you Google Trayton or Trayton Devore, you are you're bound to find something that I've put on the yes. internet. So, um, and if you love this episode of the breakthrough factor, don't forget, hit that subscribe button. And if you know someone who has had a breakthrough moment of their own, I would love to have them on the show. Just reach out and let me know. Finally, I appreciate your reviews, your feedback. We are always looking to improve the show, make it something that people want to stick around for, for an hour and seven minutes. Um, (laughs) And feel free to always reach out and keep those reviews coming. Cheers, friends. And as always, live heavy and keep